In these uncertain times, it can be hard to make sense of everything that is happening across the world today. This is why the registry continues to bring its grounded and informed news coverage of everything real estate, to keep you informed and better prepared to meet the challenges of the industry. We are able to deliver the reliable news you trust because of generous readers who support our work. Thank you to your commitment to journalism, especially now. And if you're not a subscriber yet, you can join us at theregistrysf.com in San Francisco and theregistryps.com in Seattle. Today, we chat with Amy Braddock of Braddock Company, which she founded in 2011 as a full-service real estate construction management firm. Amy is a trained architect and one that ventured into the big world of making things, as she put it, wanting to learn how to apply her design skills in the real world of actually building the projects that she and her peers visualize on paper. Amy's business, like so many others, has been impacted by COVID-19, and we learn from her today what in the industry will change and what may remain. Hi, Amy. How are you? Hi, great. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. Tell us, Amy, where are you? What are you doing? And are you sheltering in place? And how is that going? Yes, I'm sheltering in place. I'm in San Francisco. It's a little nuts, I'll be honest. I think everybody can kind of relate to that. Yeah, of course. Amy, tell us a little bit about your company, uh, what you guys do, how long have you been around, and sort of your your sphere of influence in the commercial real estate industry. I own a small local project management firm called Braddico. We've been around for about seven years, and we are owners reps. We are a firm of project managers, and we help clients in the full range of a project from in every discipline from finding space to designing it, putting together a design team, building it, moving in and support afterwards. We are currently a team of five and our projects are all currently local in the Bay Area. Great. And what kind of projects uh, is this office project, lab, R&D, yeah. all of the above? Our work has primarily been office projects and mostly tech office to be specific but uh we as individuals have a really diverse background in all um in a lot of different industries pretty much a little bit of everything so my background i i started the firm i'm an architect i've always been passionate about the built environment and i even played architect as a kid <laughs> so i'm an architect and i've always been really passionate about architecture and design and at one point i realized i didn't have a confidence in my ability to know how to detail or build things and so i switched careers and went to work for a general contractor in the area. And it was so exciting and so hard. <laughs> I thought that it would only be a few years and then I would go straight back to architecture, but I really loved it and I loved the people part of it. And so after being an architect for a few years and working as a general contractor for uh, many years, I went on on my own and I feel like I'm really well suited to be an owner's rep because I've been at every side of the table at the project and it makes for really great collaboration. Um, I started managing the HQ of a tech company in San Francisco when they had 65 people sitting in SOMA and it was Uber Technologies. Their growth was explosive and my firm got to grow with them and fast forward today where helping tech companies, but also nonprofits. 
Yeah, that's great. That's great. So, Amy, you probably, like many others in the industry over the last couple of years, uh, I would argue were probably very successful or at least moderately uh, so. Uh, So 2019 is coming to an end. I suspect you had a good year. Tell us about how the world looked at that point in time and sort of how your perspective on 2020 was was at that point in time. Yeah, yeah. 2019 was an amazing year. I think a lot of people had a really fantastic year and I didn't see this coming. I did notice a little bit of a slowdown, to be honest, um, toward the end of 2019 and maybe the beginning of 2020. And a lot of people had been talking about how long our economy had been booming and, you know, when is the next recession coming and what does it look like, but we're all okay for now. So I think that I had seen some slowdown, but still a really robust, healthy environment. So I, I, I couldn't have predicted this, of course. Yeah. So 2020 looked obviously positive at that point in time, correct? Yeah. So then yeah. March, March rolls around and we're in a world of hurt. Tell us a little bit about how that displayed itself within your company, within the industry, with your clients, maybe some anecdotes um, just to sort of get a sense of how things changed rapidly rapidly is no joke. I think that a lot of people are still trying to figure out how best to move forward. And what I'm seeing is pretty much, I can't say everything, obviously, but in in our industry, you know, construction projects, everything's on hold that isn't non-essential or, you know, that isn't essential. And the projects that can make progress, say they're still in the design phase or whatnot, they are moving forward as best as possible. But People are still not making commitments because we don't know how we're going to have to adapt to prevail pretty much. I think people are afraid of making decisions right now because there are so many unknowns. We're in a place of having to accept and acknowledge we just don't know exactly what's next. Right. I think that there's a lot of information out about how to get back to work, but there's no one size fits all, certainly. And so we're still trying to figure out how best to move forward. Yeah, and decipher it all. So you said you were an architect. Um, obviously, you you must have friends that are in the industry. How is that world faring? Are are you seeing you know layoffs beginning in that in that part of the industry already happening? How is it working its way yes. sort of, you know, vertically uh, towards the, you know, development and construction uh, worlds also? Um, the architectural billings index had started to slow down a little bit, but it was still in the positives in the beginning of Q1 of this year. But unfortunately, I am seeing a lot of architect friends being furloughed and pay cuts and um, things slowing down because people are afraid to move forward with projects that may not end up being viable in the end. And so I have heard some people calling it the great pause. I think that is pretty accurate. Just everything's in a bit of a holding pattern right now. And the essential people are working and even the building department, which had been working on moving toward online permitting, which is great. Even they are inundated with essential projects. And so Everybody else kind of has to slow down and let the essential projects move forward. So we're in a bit of a wait, wait and holding pattern. Right. And aside from that, what what are some of the other consequences across the industry that you know you're seeing that maybe 
are obvious or less obvious? Well, so working from home is not a one size fits all thing. I know that a lot of people are really struggling with not just getting their work done, but also helping their elementary age kids with technology and video conferencing, for instance, you know, second graders on video conferences, it's a little bit nuts. How do you get your work done when you're doing that? It's just not a simple matter of can you work from home successfully? It's can you juggle homeschooling and get your work done and make sure that you're in a place where you can get something done while everybody else is also getting their things done at the same time. I guess I'm saying it's to juggle a lot of moving parts. I'm also hearing that some people are more focused and productive. In fact, a tech company friend of mine is saying that their company is using coding metrics for productivity measurements and that some companies have more code being written right now because people are able to find a heads down focused kind of space. Whereas before they were in a crowded bench seating uh, type of place that isn't really conducive to the deeper, more focused work. Yeah. And so I think that we are adapting and figuring out how to make it work in flexible and alternate non-traditional environments and I'm guessing that after this, some people are going to want to stay working from home. I have a feeling that the thought of a 60 or 90 minute commute, especially on a crowded train, is not going to be something that people are excited to be be getting back to, especially when they've proven that they can make it work. And I do know some, I, I have one potential client who was talking about reconfiguring their entire business model now that we know we can successfully use technology. And that doesn't mean no one will go back to the office. We will still figure out a way to meet and collaborate in person, especially we as people are, we thrive on interpersonal relationships and collaboration. We need that stimulation. And, And I personally can attest, I desperately miss seeing friends and colleagues in person. Um, but there are a lot of, positive to the technology. I think that if we use it to do our deep, more focused work, and then when we get together, maybe we're more separated in terms of social distancing, and maybe those meetings are fewer and far between, but that might make us more productive, to be honest, because we have limited time and space. Yeah, and and that is actually kind of a big question at this point in time, um, because it does seem on on one hand, it's, it's working, but then I'm also hearing, you know, some people are saying and this usually comes from a developer slash broker <laughs> that the you know loss of productivity you know is 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 immense and that you know returning back to the office is really what you know companies are hoping to accomplish but but I'm and I'm not exactly convinced that, that that is true across the board um so I I I am uh, you know wondering myself also how this will play itself out because I think there are companies that and certain functions at these companies that that can be you know performed remotely, and I think if uh, there's a way to do so, maybe that's how the future will will be. So I'm um, I'm curious, what are what are you doing? So you guys, as a company, you interact a lot with your clients. Are are, are you on sites yes. um, a lot of times? So what how, what does this mean for for your small firm? So for us, in terms of logistics, it's not all that different. We have been, I've been 
I've built this firm very people focused and it's very focused on work-life balance and flexibility and alternate working situations. We are, when I say all over the place, I mean, we have an office, we work from home. We're most frequently at clients' offices and construction sites. So we've been flexible and adaptable and that's been really working for us. Right now, our projects are mostly on hold as people are, as you said, um, anxious to see what it's like on the other side. But what I think is going to happen, I think that this is going to change us forever. And I don't know that there is any other side. I don't know that there's going to be any time where we uh, put a pause on the clock and realize, oh, yeah, we made it. We're through. I think that there are going to be lasting changes that we'll see forever. If you think about the airports now after 9-11, there have been, made, there have been changes made that just won't ever go back to the way they were before but in good ways i think that we're going to continue to figure out how to adapt and we as a company are as project managers owners reps our role is to look at the project in a high level and collaborate with everyone we approach things from different angles we ask questions we're great at figuring out what needs to be done or how to prioritize and how best to accomplish that and how to crowd a team for everybody to put their heads together. So right. we as a company are really anxious to be of value because it feels good to be valuable, right? Everybody wants to do important work, but we are hoping that we can use our, our um, expertise to help clients figure out what does this look like moving forward? What do we need to do? What kind of changes are there? I mean, I think some things are obvious. People are talking about like one-way traffic or, you know, touchless elevators or sanitization or increased air exchanges, all those things, sure. But there's no one size fits all for an office or a, not just an office, but any um, company doing business. And so this is clearly going to change us forever. and we're going to have to do a lot of trial and error to figure out how best to move forward. Right. I don't think, I don't think there's any time frame. you know, people are saying 12 to 18 months and, and people are saying, no, we can get back earlier. We just need more testing. And I think we're all doing our best to figure this out, but that's just it. It's going to take a while. It's going to take all of us doing our best to figure this out. For a I while. agree. I agree. And that certainly seems to be what I'm hearing from others also. Uh, what What are you seeing in terms of, you know, space utilization from, you know, some of your clients or some of your prospects are, you know, maybe there are some anecdotes that you can share about, you know, some specific requirements that maybe they're exploring and how that's uh, evolving. Yeah. In the immediate sense for the first step of when the shelter in place order is lifted, people are talking about just having fewer people at the office at once. We probably will not go, not probably, we won't be able to be able to go back to the traditional office that is a dense bench system. Even companies that had been, uh, not every company, some companies are still doing individual offices, but there are a lot of companies, even like medical office spaces had moved from private offices to bench seating we can't do that anymore and so the in the immediate sense i'm hearing people talk about take out every other desk or remove chairs in conference rooms so they're less dense and you know there's some obvious things like sure. go in phases some people will go two days a week other people go two different days that week and they'll only meet together when absolutely necessary taking turns, that kind of thing. 
I think those things are kind of obvious, but my big question is, even if we're doing that, once we get back, how are we getting to the office? Because are we really going to get back into a crowded bus or train? I'm hearing things like Muni, once the bus is full, it's just going to stop. It's not going to stop for you. It will just keep going. And so does that mean people are going to be stranded waiting for a bus that has capacity to pick them up? We can't all drive, certainly. Not everybody's close enough to walk or even bike. And so I think it's going to be not just figuring out how the office space works, but how we move throughout and get back to that physical office space. Right. Are you are you seeing uh, companies already considering things like um, employing certain technologies, uh, whether it's hardware or software, to kind of monitor some of these things or being able to measure, let's say, you know, the occupancy of a certain space and you know provide an alarm when there's too many people or yeah. something like that. Um, I am hearing um, it's speculation right now, obviously, because we're still sheltered in sure. place. But I am hearing, I am hearing things like temperature sensors, and this is a little crazy to me, but it's it's definitely a viable technology. Where um, if you have a fever, there would be a temperature sensor that would alert you to that. Um, and technologies such as the ability to control the elevator with your smartphone. We already have destination control. And so once you put in your floor, it takes you there and you don't have to press anything else, but you could also control that with your smartphone. So I think that there's a lot of evolving technology and I think those are the kind of companies that might bounce back faster, the ones that adapt to the needs and provide service. But yeah, I, I don't think there's anything that people are ruling out right now one thing that I think and I hope that people will really start to focus on is wellness, not just for people, but also for the building. And, right. you know, there's a thing called the International Well Building Institute. Yes. And it's, yeah, and it talks about the operations, not just, so LEED is focused on the build of the built environment. And then um, well is very focused on the operations and the people and the maintenance. And that's actually really exciting to me just to finally get back to where we should have been in terms of caring about the people. I think it's, and a lot of it's going to be employee mandated and we will be doing our best to continue to do the right thing. Yeah. One of the things about this great pause, people talk about being more grateful for the people that are keeping our country together right now, the first responders, the healthcare workers, even the grocery store clerks. Never have I been so more grateful for someone coming to work at the grocery store so that we can all continue to get our basic needs. That's right. And so um, I think we're gonna be a lot more focused on people. That's right. And and I'm also curious, I mean, there it looks like there's some anecdotal evidence that, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, the virus could be sp spread also through air conditioning. Uh, so I imagine HVAC systems will be impacted and uh, air filtration and circulation throughout the building also, which I think are all aspects of this, um, you know, well, well certification, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, and, yeah. And so I'm, 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 I'm certain things like that will be, you know, more acutely followed. Well, I can tell you one thing that I'm not going to do. I'm not going to get on the crowded muni where I'm literally shoved against six other people for 40 minutes and then, you know, go to the office. I actually have a co-working space and there are people in and out of there all day. And I'm not really sure what level of germophobia I should be adopting just for general well-being, but 
I'm not excited to go back to um, the density that we had once seen. And, and I think others are in that same predicament because most of us have loved ones who are either at risk or we're nearby people who are at risk and neighbors and whatnot. And so I really want to do the right thing, but it's got to be people focused. Right. And, and Amy, when when you and I connected earlier, uh, one of the things that you mentioned is you, you live in the city, but you have family that lives in the suburbs. And we had this discussion about also people's preferences in terms of, you know, being surrounded sort of generally by by either a dense neighborhood or being in a dense area. Are, are there any sort of personal anecdotes from 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 that that you can share? Yeah, you know, people are asking, hey, do you think that office parks will become more popular again because there's a little bit of more breathing room? But honestly, I think it's a personal decision uh, for people and where they'll work, but also businesses and how best they can conduct their business. I know that um, there are pros and cons to densely populated areas, but I can tell you being in the city, yeah, it's it, the park is packed and the streets are full of people walking, but I actually really appreciate that. I've been doing a thing with my neighbors where when someone walks by your house, when they're just out getting air and exercise, they'll text, they're walking by. And I go to the gate and we have our six foot or 10 foot away conversation. And it's been amazing just to be able to see people and connect in that, in that way. And I feel like if I were in the suburbs, just stuck in the car, yeah, sure, I can drive by. But for me, it would be more isolating. Now, on the flip side, I know that some people in some of my family members can't stand the city and they're happier in the less urban places. So I think it's still a personal preference and I'll go back to the people oriented again. Um, right. Right. Um, Amy, I think as a, a sign of a successful company is in its ability to really withstand cycles and be able to, you know, think about the future and think about how to position itself as it comes out of out of the downturn, are there things that you're seeing either from clients or prospects or peer companies that are, you know, indicative of of some of these initiatives? And and what what are they? I've learned from the past recession, and I think a lot of other people have too, that you need to stay agile. You don't know what you don't know. It's best to have a plan B. And so, I'm excited when people are finding creative uses for the tools that you're using that they're using right now for instance you are here we're hearing about people using 3d printers to make face shields and that to me is really exciting when someone adapts a current technology for a specific use to be used toward another use that is currently in demand and so just being adaptable and growth mindset. Um, for me, having a growth mindset is really important and understanding that what we know now isn't what we'll always be limited to knowing. It's just that we didn't learn fill in the blank yet. So having a growth mindset and being agile, I think are keys to surviving in that regard. Yeah, that, that's for sure. Before we close, I, I do want to ask you sort of a personal question in terms of what what do you miss most about you know the, the the I guess the old ways now of doing things and what do you perhaps enjoy the most with the current environment that we're facing today? I have to say I miss my friends and colleagues the most. Getting together for social gatherings and outings together. I really can't wait to get back to being able to see people in person together. 
but having said that i've enabled i've been using technology and been keeping up the connections and i'm thankful for my family and we were talking about how there's four of us in my house and we're all kind of feeling stuck at times because we're all in the same space but yet we're really grateful to have each other i can't imagine how hard it is for people who are living alone and are isolated and lonely that you know as as hard as it is sometimes to be fighting for your own space i'm really grateful that i have a family that everybody's healthy and that we have each other so i'm in i'm enjoying that but i'm also enjoying really enjoying seeing people making the best of things in in social media there's a thing called some good news that john kozinski put together and he put together a prom for the kids that missed their prom. And I love that people are trying to make positive of our current situation. And so I've really been appreciating seeing things like that. Yeah, Amy, thank you so much uh, for your time and your feedback. I appreciate it and uh, stay safe and be well. Thank you, Vlad. I'm so appreciative that you asked me to be on the podcast. Thank you so much. <laughs>